Joe, do you know why Humpty Dumpty had a great fall? Uh, why did Humpty Dumpty have a great fall? Uh, to make up for the miserable summer. Hey, Joe, why did the math book look so sad? Uh, why did the math book look so sad? He was full of problems. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. Uh, it's been a little while. I'm Jacques, and uh, and and Joe, you you look a little different. You you look a little. Uh, did you did you get a tan, Joe? Did you no, get some sun? It, I'm a little bit more Asianer, and um, uh, and a little bit well, a lot fatter. I'm not as pretty as Joe, but you know, somebody's got to fill in those big shoes. <laughs> So, small mics. So the three people who are who are listening to this might have known back in early November that that Joe and I decided to take a little hiatus with Carnival Personnel. Uh, I think Joe felt that because we personally got Joe Biden elected, that our work was done, uh, mission accomplished, is what the last episode was called, and it was time to ride off into the sunset. And, and I very much enjoyed the hiatus, but my arrogance, my hubris, my ego demanded that I uh, get down to my basement and yell at somebody. So everybody, every, you know, the dedicated listeners of Carnival Personnel will know my co-host, my good friend, our good friend, Biff. Welcome, Biff. Thank you. And, you know, just realized that, you know, so the real, the real question is, did you lose a listener also, or do we even it out because now Joe might be a listener and like, it's an actual even trade. I, you know, I labored. So I gave, I gave it a few weeks and I, I did, I enjoyed the hiatus. There was a couple times where I walked around aimlessly. I, I was like a person playing Fortnite for the first time who didn't know how to turn around and walked into a wall. So my arms and legs kept kind of moving forward, but I was just stuck. I actually put up a picture of Joe on my laptop and got out the microphone and yelled at it for two hours. But I did. I enjoyed the hiatus. And then when I wanted to kind of see if Joe was interested in maybe reformatting and trying it, and we thought about that, took a little more time out. But then when the decision was made, it's like, well, it's just not the right thing right now. So said, no, you know, go on, you know, uh, go, go, go with God. I, I think were his exact words because, you know, he's a big religious guy. And I thought about, well, yeah, I really want to do this, but I don't, I'm a team guy. So I didn't want to do it myself. And I did, I thought, well, who could I really do something with? And I thought it would have to be somebody who knows me, um, who I've been through big life moments with, who has seen me naked for maybe, maybe four or 500 times. Actually, I don't think Joe seen me naked that much, but, but I thought, you know, it was, it was a very short list. And then I thought Biff, but I really thought if, if, Biff does a show with me, will our listenership go down 33%? And then I thought, well, just what you said. Well, if, if Biff jumps on, maybe Joe yeah. listens, 
and uh, and maybe that evens out. But you know that that's to be seen. The uh, the numbers the numbers will be rolling in any time. I I'll have to check the analytics. Well, you're the you're the numbers stats guy, so I'll let you crunch the numbers on an Excel spreadsheet when that comes in. But yeah, but Joe Joe and I did 225 episodes, uh, 165 regular shows, 60 side shows, and Biff was a big part of where was it? I had written down when you were on, and I was like. Wait, was that really two years ago? Do you remember when you were in Boston and you jumped on, Biff? I don't know if you can hear me right now because I'm kind of crashing. But gosh, that was uh, a year ago, I think, I want to say. Are, are you so. crashing because of the, the – what kind of wine were you opening? No, that was – okay, so you can hear me. Uh, I'm actually drinking – so one of the things I am not also is I'm, not, I'm actually a lot more drunker than Joe also. So that's <laughs> that's another you know new thing. Not that I'm trying to do drunk history on your show, but I, I think it was, a, it was like, yeah, but it was like a, about a year ago when I, I actually, uh, cause I just got on this new project and I had this, I, I, I had this one week where I, I did some alternate um, uh, scheduling. So that's when I flew into Boston. So yeah. Biff did Carnival personnel on January 15th, 2018. So two, uh, wow. Two years ago. Oh, today. Two years ago. Two years ago. Today, happy happy anniversary! Happy, oh my God! Two years anniversary! Ago. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Something um, like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be some changes. Like I had suggested some changes that I wanted to make, and that I also thought that you know Joe might want to make if if we were going to you know trudge on. Uh, one of the big things is the learning curve because I'm going to try to tackle editing together. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm going to try to edit. Take take four. I'm going to try to tackle editing. I used to be an editor. Uh, um, that was maybe 91 lifetimes ago uh, on one hand. It's a good thing you didn't do it professionally or anything like that, too. So <laughs> Right, right. It's not like that was my living for a few years. On yeah. one hand, the principles are all the same and the tools are so much better. On the other hand, I'm older and I'm slower at learning tools. Like, no matter how user-friendly the tools are um i'm still a tool myself so i was talking to management about this and about one of the things that i know that joe didn't like is the editing out the the clicking of the lips and different just things that people don't realize they do unless you're have headphones on and you're listening very closely and then i thought it was funny just after I had that conversation with her, that I might have to learn to do that, or maybe I'll just be like, fuck it, I'll let it go, was listening to a Conan podcast where his producer was saying, no, dude, I spent a couple hours every episode editing you doing that out. Like, if we actually put this out, and I think it's one thing where the producer was talking about, where it's just audio, and you don't have all the psych gags and 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 you being you conan you know when people hear yep, yep. You, you pick up on that so there is this there's, there's going to be you know quite the learning curve i also have realized just in the past few days taking notes for the 265 episodes would have made it really easier now because i had talked to joe that whether he liked it or not i was still going to uh make him part of the podcast uh, well, that's not true. If he said, no, I really don't want my image <laughs> being used. Please don't, please don't use it. I, I would have respectfully um, 
I would have respected those wishes, you know, for an episode or two. But no, I was going back. It's like, wait, what episode did he do this voice that I loved? What episode did he do that song? What episode was it where he wrote this parody song? Or what episode was it where the random video game review was just hysterical and now i have to kind of sift through the descriptions that he always wrote on on the posting of it you know it's like oh okay the Gallagher songs on this episode and then have to scroll through and find it versus so going forward I, th- I think i'm going to get a lot better you know with things like that but anyways we'll move ahead everybody Welcome, Biff. Biff, I am super excited that, you know, you agree to kind of give this, give this a whirl. You know, I hope, you know, I hope, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's not as exhausting as the four times that we've driven from LA to, uh, oh, did we lose Biff? Oh, how long have we lost Biff? Stand by. We're experiencing some technical difficulties, but we'll return to the regular programming soon. Yeah, this is awesome. So my apologies. So that's going to be a long edit there. Nope, that, that, <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. I was just saying that the editing is going to be a learning curve. It would have been helpful preparing for moving forward, having taken notes in the past. But there's going to be learning curves with me editing and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, where we're on different coasts now, um, you know, there's going to be time zone, you know, issues and stuff like that. We just had a computer problem, you know, tear down the fourth wall. We had just had a little IT problem. Whether how much you want to get into your your personal life or anything, you you want to talk about what you do for a living? <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm an IT guy. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. So I, I kind of thought, well, you know, Joe's a nerd, so therefore he would know about, you know, basically this plugs into this and this makes this work. And then I'm thinking, you know what? Biffer's a nerd, highly educated in this space. I'm going to have to worry about, all these new responsibilities, but you know what I'm not going to have to worry about? <laughs> it's amazing. I actually have a new computer and for some reason it crashes on me. So this is really pathetic. So actually I'm using the phone, which apparently seems to be more stable than the computer. So what the hell? Now, when you say it's a new computer, like if you buy a used car, you, know, <laughs> you, you say, here's my new car. No, 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 no. No, not, not the new to me stuff, which new to me stuff is what I do with hockey equipment because I don't care what I, you know, what equipment I play with. But no, this is new, new as in I bought it from Dell.com new, but it was about a year ago. So it is a year old, but still not like, it's not like ancient or anything. Well, so, so, yeah. okay. Again, you're the IT guy. A year old in computer. That's like dog years. Yeah, no, no, no. This is a seven year old computer is what that is. Yeah, there is no excuse for this for this lameness, you know. So I have to figure out why it, it kept on crashing on me. But whatever. So we'll, we'll go through the brief history for the four people who might not know um, Biff. Biff and I have been playing hockey together for damn near 25 years. Biff is a goalie. Uh, some of my most fun memories ever playing hockey is playing, you know, with All-Star Tommy, uh, Taylor, our friend John, who we talk about a lot. You know, John and I were defensive partners who... I'm going to say 90% of the last 10 years I lived in L.A. were Biff's, you know, stood in front of Biff, you know, on Friday nights and in different tournaments. 
different high. Well, kind of stood in front. It's, it's John did a good job of standing in front of me. You, you know, if you decided to come back, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, that's a long way to go from being behind the other team's net <laughs> to get to in front of my net. But I, um, but so Biff and I did that. Biff also uh, presided over the marriage to my, you know, current wife, uh, management. So Biff was also, you know, one of the first people I talked to when the first marriage kind of went sideways. Uh, again, we've, we've driven to Vegas together for tournaments and Phoenix together. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, you've had dinner at my sister's house here in Boston that true. you are, you have become good friends with my friend Ross, who is now our friend Ross. You also... Um, have come to one of the NFL outings with me. It was uh, down for the Washington yep. football team, which is of all the anthems I've done and the cool things I've got to do. That one was hands down. The cheap trick one with the Colts was probably the second best one, but hands down the Washington Eagles game on Monday night football was the, the best experience I ever had doing that. And and it was amazing because I got to share that with you, with our friend Ross, uh, with my friend Andy, uh, with with our friend Billy Ray. And uh, who were some of the other friends we got to meet that night, Biff? <laughs> You're talking about like Stuart Scott? And uh and yeah, uh the, the late great Stuart Scott, yeah. The entire and the um what, what the uh the former Detroit Lion Lions uh, GM, um I can't remember his name now, but and Steve Young. And Steve Young, yep. I, I yeah. tell people, it's like the first play of the game, yeah. you and I, you know, and Ross. So right. it, 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 I'm not I am not tall, but I kind of tower over Biff. Biff towers over Ross. <laughs> so, And the three of us are standing next to the Washington team bench. And we, we literally are one step away from like the yellow line that divides the, the player's bench and the sideline. We're at the 35 yard line and what's his face? I'm talking uh, about Vic. Michael Vick. Yeah. Dog, dog drowning. Michael Vick. He yeah. looks right at us and there's somebody more alone than me on prom night. And I remember thinking this is going to be the most awesome thing. The catch is going to be made right in front of us. And he pump fakes to that guy. And I'm thinking, wow, like I could possibly make a tackle right here, right now and be infamous. Like on Monday night football in 40 years, they'll be showing the time that the fat guy, you know, in the tan suit tackled. And then he turns his body like pivots 45 degrees and throws a 80 yard bomb. Deshaun uh, Jackson. Right. And, and I remember like yeah. you and I were, well, that's a little unprofessional to see, Stuart Scott. Yeah, and, they're just yep, just jumping around and you know body fiving each other. And and that's like you know they don't take favorites and things like that. And then we got back to the hotel that night. We're watching Sports Center, you know, the rebroadcast. And Deshaun had told them first play of the game. This is exactly what we're doing. And um, and from that event, did you take the picture of me and Stuart Scott on the sideline? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So. If all the sports things I've got, if all the great memories I've had doing it, Biff took this amazing picture of Stuart Scott and I exchanging cell phone numbers with Billy about two feet behind us, you know? Uh, so that's why, you know, when I was thinking, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm arrogant and, and egotistical and think my opinions matter. 
but I couldn't do it by myself. And there was a very short list of people I was hoping would say yes. And so basically when I called Biff and he said, yes, I'm like, well, I guess I don't need to call anyone else. So, so at least for now, at least for now. So, Hey, I do have Scotty black on speed now because that's right. You know, um, Oh my God. You know, you want to, you want to have, I mean, you talk so much as it is and you know, I'm not keeping you in, in quite as good check as Joe is, but man, with Scotty black, I mean, he's going to just, you know, go and leave and do chores and come back and, you know, still find you talking and you're not going to notice. Well, one of the reasons I did want to do a podcast with you is exactly that. I mean, Joe is the guardrails. He also has known me through some of the shittiest times and best of times. I've known him since he was in high school and he has no problems calling me out on my shit or just saying, dude, you're way off base here or just bringing up the most painful memories of my life, but, but being able to have me laugh about it. And then, then that's, and calling me out of my shit is just something that is really necessary. Also guardrails. So, you know, again, just in the past week, I think Joe, he knows you, he, he knows all of John and all this stuff, but he, I threw him on a couple text chains and I think he really knows it's like, he gets to see firsthand. Cause I, I send him screen grabs all the time when you call me out on the Yo. shit. I, I keep forgetting how um, the, how Joe is on that on that thread, and we're doing all this thing, and it's like, oh wait, Joe's on this thread, and it's like, I mean, this is like those stupid one of those stupid inside jokes or whatever, or or anything hockey that Joe doesn't give a crap about, you know. Well, I, I uh, noticed that the other day, you know, the, when, when Tommy, when you know, I sent the screen grab of the picture of All Star Tommy in the notebook. I'm like, dude, you've been living inside my head rent free, and he's like, it's roomy in here. It's like, you know, because Joe wasn't doing the podcast, I wanted him to still kind of be in the loop of all the yeah. shit I get from you guys. But so I threw him on the text chain. And then the other night when I noticed it was, oh, second period of the game in St. Louis. And this is, and it's like I responded to the check chain without him on it. And the conversation continued. I don't think anybody noticed that the thread, you know, was, was side by side. Anyways, uh, Biff, thanks for doing this. Hopefully it lasts, you know, let, let, let's see, let's see if, you know, let's see if it goes 265 episodes. Let's see if Joe decides it's like, Hey, I can't believe how funny and reverent and important it is. And I think society still needs my voice as well. And then, you know, it becomes the three of us doing this or better yet, it becomes the two of you guys doing it. I mean, at any one time, you know, you guys could just get together and it's like, Joe has all the passwords for everything. And maybe you guys decide, you know what, this is a good platform, but he's just, he's let him go over to parlor. Let, let's you do go. a podcast on parlor. Um, I don't know what you're talking to parlor. Uh, you know, let, let, have you tried logging on to parlor? Let's see if it's that, that's even up right now. So, you know, that was one of the first things on the rundown. I give no credit to the social media people doing the right thing in the past few weeks in the light of the arm insurrection and seizing of the Capitol. All the social media platforms have decided to step up and say, Hey, we can no longer be part of this. I think honestly, if the Democrats don't win Georgia and the Senate is still controlled by Mitch, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't fear the raft of Elizabeth Warren like he's going to deal with now. He flat out was a year yeah. ago when it was sure. two years ago when Elizabeth Warren was one of the top two, top three people running for the nomination. Yep. yep. The footage comes out or the phone call comes out where Zuckerberg is on a conference call 
with the board of directors or whomever flat out saying we can't let her become president because he knows she is going to come after them. But again, she wouldn't be able to. So I don't give them a lot of credit for stepping up and finally a a bridge being too far. Yeah, listen, I mean, bottom line is, is that so Google is one of those entities and, um, you know, YouTube, a, a Google subsidiary. Didn't pull the you know those you know videos until what two days ago either. So right. I mean, there you know it's like part of it is you know you kind of we know where you know what drives them right. It's really they're driven by their bottom line anyway, right? So so there's some of that to some degree. But yeah, I mean obviously all these uh, channels had ample opportunity to do something earlier, and I think that kind of goes true for a lot of people, right? There's a lot of people turning around and saying this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, go against this, you know, when other stuff were coming out. So, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, they don't get a pass. But in the end, I'm not so worried about them getting a pass or not getting a pass as much as because they're going to do whatever they're going to do. And it's really a question of, so what's going to happen next, right? I mean, this is its own phase, and we'll see what happens between now and Wednesday. Who knows what could happen between now and then? But then after that, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm at at a point where it's like we could kind of discuss, you know, do the hindsight stuff at this point, you know. But uh, it's really about what, what happens next. Because, I mean, on the one hand, people, just like they did with every president that's been elected, Oh, this president's going to do this and this and this and that. And, you know, fundamentally, like most people don't understand, we have a president that's not a dictator for a reason, right? And so, you know, people have these expectations of the president. But, and, and the kind of the funny irony is that we got kind of got to see the extent of, you know, how powerful the presidency can be. Because I think um, in many ways, you know, kind of Trump showed us, you know, the, what the limits are in terms of how much you can do with executive actions and stuff like that. Well, unfortunately, I I don't think we're done seeing the limits to the power. As we record this, we are 110 hours away from what is supposed to be a peaceful transition of power. But, But just sticking on and wrapping up the social media thing, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the culpability and the liability of these platforms who, even as of today, Fox News, who kind of started to pull back a little. And in the past week, there's been arguments on, you know, Fox and Friends between hosts saying, yeah, the president does have his hands dirty in this and other people. But they're still allowing there was a senator on just yesterday, just on Thursday, who was reiterating the talking points that it's a stolen election and all this and wasn't corrected by the host. You know, I mean, they're still feeding into this. And at one point, you know, I, I hopefully there comes some more clarification. And I'm a huge First Amendment guy, but I'm also a are they yelling fire in a movie theater? Well, I, look, I, I think that I don't you know, they're they're not probably too worried about that. Right. They're they're, they're, they're trying to kind of figure out where they can go next. Maybe they don't really want to, you know, exit. I'm a guy or, you know, I'm a woman with a, you know, with a hot significant other. And, you know, the significant other is in a, a complete car wreck. But, you know, that significant other is really hot. And so I'm, maybe I'm not really ready to completely leave yet. So As hot as the chick in the background photo of you and I at my wedding at the beach? <laughs> That, you really want to 
explore that? I mean, no, no, you but, know, but you want to extrapolate on that a little bit? You can, you know, uh, go ahead. So you can tell that story because it's a yeah. good one. No, it's a good one. And so yeah, there was a uh, there was a goofy picture of Jacques and me at the uh, from the wedding on the beach, and you know we're doing this stupid goofy Star Wars pose. Not important. It, it's important. You know, Our behind, dress is Han Solo. Your dress yeah, is a Jedi Knight. The Jedi. Yeah. And then, but be, behind, you know, there's this, you know, kind of this short blonde with super long hair in, you know, kind of like this, you know, kind of like a body tight. It almost looks like, you know, in a wetsuit. So, you know, I post this on Facebook and one of my friends goes, hey, who's the ch- hot chick behind you? And my answer is, yeah, that's my friend's, uh, how old was Grave? I uh, back then, like eight. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it's my son's eight-year-old son, you know, so... Yeah, that was the. Uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, you know, look. Grayson has long hair. You know, you guys, he got gray hair. You know, but, good, fantastic yeah. hair, and he looks great in a wetsuit from behind. Um, so, speaking of of misidentifying people, I still can't believe that I missed the memo uh, at the last Antifa meeting that you and I went to that we were supposed to be with all our other Antifa friends storming, storming. Okay, I thought you were gonna. I thought when you said, you know, misidentification, I thought you were just going to, you know, do another Asian joke on me. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what, dude? We, we, are, we are 20 minutes in, and not once did I reference uh, you're, you're, I almost, I almost said like, you're, 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 you're looking for the right word. Well, I was, I was trying to think is like, do I go with handicap? Do I go with, you know, what, what is the most awful thing I can say? But no, I, I, I was really trying to, you know, right out of the gate, not go with my overt dislike of Asians overall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like. You always love the ones you hate, or whatever the, the expression is. In a hate, hatred, one, hate, right? hatred starts hatred. at home. <laughs> yeah, all that good stuff. So anyway, yeah. So so yeah, I, so I I wreck I wreck that joke. See, that's the kind of joke that I wreck that Joe would never wreck. So <laughs> there, and you know, and and Joe also being less drunker than I am, you know, also it, it probably also helps. But are you good at math? Yes or no? Yeah, I am. But you know what? You know. Is that a stereotype? You you just happen to be Japanese, and you just happen to be those are two two facts that have no correlation. You know, I could get into some of the you know the extenuating factors, but it's boring as hell. So I'm not going to. Uh, I, I could I, I could at least say this: when I was a kid, my parents thought that I may eventually go back to Japan. So I got to go to two different schools at the same time. Where on Saturdays I took the Japanese curriculum, so I already had the math that they taught at my regular school like several years before. So it was like, yeah, I can do all this because I already did it like however many years ago. That that is awesome. Uh, no, but what I was saying about mis misidentification is when you and I were at the last uh, Antifa Zoom meeting where we were getting our marching orders to attack the Senate. Um, and, and and I didn't know that part of our Antifa crew, you know, included U.S. Olympic swimmers and, um, you know, I mean, people like to see. So one thing, you know, shout out to our friend, you know, All-Star Tommy, um, the, the L.A. Times um, a writer was nice enough to point out gold medalist and USC's uh, cleat, whatever the guy's <laughs> name is. So, you know. He, you know, and obviously he was doing it because it's a lo- of local interest. L.A. Times writer, 
USC, you know, swimmer. And not to say that people at USC are criminal or anything, you know. I mean, it's just a coincidence that, you know, the, you know, the admission scandal happened at USC and not UCLA. Stuff like that. And your friend Crazy Legs, you know, was a big USC fan. So Yeah, but did he go there? You know, that's the funny thing you find out about sports. It's like how many college, you know. You know, people live for this university, that university, and never went. You know what I mean? But, but that's. But speaking of university, well, first of all, I wanted to just touch on that. I love how instantly Senate is on fire. It is being invaded, and instantly the spin was, "Oh, that's Antifa," disguised as Trump fans. And even even two days later, they're like, "Oh, that that that's all Antifa disguised." Listen, 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 listen. You know what? The only way we can find out for sure is to round them all up and arrest them, and then we'll find out. And then, you know, we'll get all the bad guys. Now, now they've arrested a good, a good dozen of these people. Not that they're good people. I mean, they would not find people on both sides. Uh, but they, they did round up a lot of these people. And so far, so far, I haven't recognized any of our fellow Antifa union members that, you know, we see at our Water Buffalo Lodge. Uh, so far, it's... Listen, I'm look, look, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with the other people on this. Violence is bad, you know. Hurting other people is bad, and so you know, I think anybody who was there are bad, and you know, I'm not going to worry too much about who is with what group. Let's just get them all. Um, and if they just, you know, if they just happen to include, you know, you know, no Antifa, huh, that's how it is. <laughs> but yeah, speaking speaking of people involved, so you know, Joe, I was talking to today who pointed out. Three, three awful, awful some irony or ironic situations or events that it's on footage that one of these awful people picks up a fire extinguisher, throws it at a cop, it hits one cop, bounces off and hits another cop. The person who threw the fire extinguisher is an active firefighter. Yep. There was a woman who was wearing a, is it a New Hampshire don't tread on? No. Where's the don't tread on me? Flag no, from. it's just a non the don't tread on me flag. She had the non don't tread on me flag. She was carrying the don't tread on me flag. And, and, and what happened to this woman? Uh she apparently got trampled and, and by then... uh the mob. So you know, uh in in fairness, you know, maybe maybe not great readers that trampled her. <laughs> and then and this is awful, and I am not joking, making light of this. The most awful moment is that a cop was beat to death with an American flag. Like truly yeah. beaten and all the blue live matters. People have been silent. All the disrespecting the flag. People are silent except one brave sheriff in the state of Kentucky stepped forward and he is <laughs> outraged. He is outraged of the disrespect that the flag was shown last week. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we're going to go back, but you know, so before we get to that point though, I mean, I, I think the that was the one of the more most terrifying things you know that I saw among the footage is uh, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here but when one of these you know insurgents come in and say you know get their gun shoot him with their gun like so these there were people calling on their fellow insurgents to get the gun out of the uh, law enforcement's hands and they shoot them with their own guns and I'm just thinking that is, you know, that that is like one of the scarier things I've, you know, I've heard in terms of, in the context of this being America. People roaming the hallway saying, where's Nancy? And hang Mike Pence. 
And, and again, I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much. Yeah. It's just sickening. I want to ask yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. What it. Okay. So we're a hundred where we're Friday night, late Friday night, East coast time. Do you think, do you think Donnie two scoops pardons these people? I, I, I you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know that he would from the standpoint of, I think he's a, he's at a point where I think he's trying to reform his brand a little to some degree. Right. And so he can't on one hand say that, you know, he's against all of these things. And then part of them, you know, well, you know, not not that hypocrisy was isn't something that we've seen in the past, but but still, just in terms of maintaining the brand for the future, I don't know that if he, I don't know what he gains out of pardoning these people, right? Well, I mean, they're so loyal to him, and the the out of work wingnut, the out of work actor who <sighs> lives with his mom, who is in prison on a hunger strike because he will only eat organic food. He's his lawyer is flat out asking for a pardon, and I, I I get it, I get it. But I mean, I think if you look at the overall fandom, for lack of a better term, I think they're willing to sacrifice these small few to say, hey, these guys are the uh, the exceptions. You know, this is not America. This is not who we want to be. You know, we're actually a lot better than that, and we're you know, I think it's easy for a lot of those people to also distance themselves from the so-called violent, you know, you know, I think it's easier for them to dis, uh, dispose of them as this violent, you know, subgroup that, you know, needed to be, you know, dealt with, but they're here still the rest of us who are still suspicious about the, you know, the, the elections. And we still have questions about what happened in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Arizona and whatnot. So I, I have a feeling that it's, you know, he may not, he probably will not pardon them. Let them fall and say, you know, say, yeah, these are the people that went too far, but the next time we'll be a little bit more organized and so that we don't do this. I think, I'm kind of think that they don't get power pardoned. Well, uh, here's a couple scary thoughts that I have. It's on one hand, I think it's awesome because of the protest in, in, in Seattle and Portland Blown is by executive order signed a law that's like a 10 year minimum sentence, you know, for, for, for it. So these people are going to be going away because of the executive law. So they're, they're thinking they're a federal building, right? I think, right. Because of the, yeah, they think they're heroes protecting his right to be president and they're going to go away for 10 years. If he pardons them before Wednesday, which he has to, he has to noon on Wednesday right. to do anything. But if he pardons it, are these people given, they think they might be given the green light. It's like, Oh, we can go ahead and do this. Not realizing because on one hand, he's not going to have the pardon power, but on the other hand, the sad, scary thing 75 million people, 74 million people voted for him. And that's one of the rallying cries. It's like, he must be president. 74 million people voted for him. Well, the other guy had 81. And again, I'll defer to you, the math expert. I think 81's more than 74. I think. Well, I mean, so, but, you know, but I mean. So, so, but. So we're talking about the popular vote versus the electoral No, 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 no. I was just kidding about like, so they think that's irrational. It's like, well, he had 74 million votes. How can he not be president? But. The thing is, out of that 74 million people, even if only 10% of them 
absolutely 100% believe that they're fighting to keep him in the presidency. And after Wednesday, think, well, I'm going to storm the Michigan State House. I'm going to storm the Baltimore, you know, Capitol. I'm going to storm this. I'm going to get pardoned because he pardoned these other guys. And when he remains president, you know, he's going to pardon me. What My fear level and anxiety about Wednesday coming up, it, it, it's palpable. So the the kind of the fear part, uh, I I completely agree, you know, um, you know, you know, I would I would I will say that I am thankful that I do not live in a state capital because my understanding is is that the state capitals are the targets, <laughs> yeah. and, and and you know, and I'm sorry for being that way, but you know, Los Angeles has enough, you know, you know, other stuff going on. We don't need another stuff, you know, piled on top of that. The COVID situation here is just is just you know nuts. But I think so. I'm not. I can't predict the future, right? So, but the fear I think is legitimate. I mean, I I think ultimately, it's probably. I would like to think that it's in Donald Trump's best interest for the long run not to pardon these people, right? Because. That that means that while he has no real control over anything in the four years, you know things could get you know you know could get really bad, and I don't know that that helps him. Well, one of the interesting things is you saw the footage a couple of weeks ago where there was some Proud Boy rally and the cops were breaking them up because it was after curfew, and the Proud Boys instantly start throwing stuff and fighting with the cops and like we had your back all summer, you know it's like. So is it going to be seen? It's like, hey, we stormed this for you. You told us to come down. Right. You know, some of the interesting, you know, talking about the pardoning, and, and we discussed it a little bit this week, you know, on the text chain. Some of the things, if the talk for months has been, is he going to blanket pardon himself and his family for crimes known and unknown? We're going to find out the the true part of the true power of the pardon because if he says, I'm going to pardon. Ivanka for crimes known and unknown, and she turned out she had murdered somebody. You can't do that. I think when you plead well, when you plead guilty yeah, to something, you have to stand up in court and say, you know, Michael, um, uh, Michael Flynn. When he stood up in court and he pled guilty, he had to stand up and said, I did X, Y, and Z. This is how this went down. This was my role in it. If you plead guilty to something. So if you're going to get pardoned, I don't think you can get a blanket pardon. You can be pardoned for. Um, I th- well, I think Nixon did that. No, I mean, Ford did that for Nixon. Right. So it, it seems like I th- it seems like um, you can. I think the part that's in question is whether you can pardon yourself is the part that's uh, my, you know, and obviously. You know, it, it 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 would be great if we actually knew a lawyer or something like that. Uh, that I, I think Nick's in jail. You know, you know? Uh, but here's <sighs> here's the interesting thing, and and we should actually have John on and talk about this, and maybe we'll make him do that next week. But here's something interesting that was brought up that <laughs> you and I and everybody else who is paying attention, who listens to something other than you know, uh, what is it, Newsmax or something like that. We're learning about the downside of pardon. So if you get a pardon or you pardon yourself, if he goes and pardons himself, well, it is seen as an admission of guilt. And if he pardons himself for everything, like, you know, this riot, it's actually going to be used against him in civil cases, which there will be hundreds of civil cases coming out of this. Like every cop who was assaulted, 
and and that riot has a civil case against him. So if he pardons himself for doing this, here's the other thing. If you pardon yourself, you then cannot take the Fifth Amendment. And so you, when you're no longer president, fun fact, you can't avoid subpoenas anymore. You can't say, you know, Senate, I'm not coming to your little, you know, shindig. I'm not going to honor that subpoena. No, you're a private citizen. You will be dragged in here or you'll be dragged to jail. And once you come in, you can't take the Fifth. And if you do try to take the fifth or you lie, oh, I pardoned myself on this crime, so I got away with it. Well, when you're asked questions about it, if you lie, well, then you're perjuring yourself. And it kind of now it's a different crime. And and again, like they didn't get Manafort for this. They got him for that. But, you know, it came from perjuring yourself on this. So it's going to be interesting. But it was funny when we talked about uh, this a moment ago. I, I, for a nanosecond, a nanosecond, and I'm admitting this, and as I'm saying it, I know the scoffing I'm going to get. I know the, oh my God, is he really that much of a moron? And let me say, yeah, yeah, I am. But last week, I had a moment where I said to management, I might take the boys down to the inauguration. And, and my thinking, part of my thinking is, you know, it's like, it's, it's historical. I, they've seen all the things on the news and I kind of want them to know as awful as it is, as awful as this person is, we're bigger than this, that the country is bigger than this, that, you know, some of the checks and balances have hold. Surprisingly, the Supreme Court has hold, even though he had three people put in that Supreme Court in the last two years, they voted nine to nothing to not take a case that had no merit. So the guardrails have hold. And part of me was like, you know, maybe we'll do this. And I actually talked to the little guy about it. And he's like, is it going to be fun? And I told him, oh, my God, it's going to suck. And he was laughing. And he goes, will it really? I said, oh, dude, it will be one of the worst days of your life. You have to stand there in the cold for hours and hours and hours. He goes, well, can you sit down? I'm like, there's nowhere to sit down. There's nowhere to pee. It will suck. He goes, well, do we have to go? I said, well, it might be a once in a lifetime thing, but I'm going to talk to mom about it. And and I did. And then like later that day, I was bringing some Christmas stuff out to the, you know, the, the storage shed. And I had to move the little guy's bikes out of the way to be able to put the Christmas stuff in. And I went to pick up one of their helmets. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to go, I should bring their helmet. As I go to reach for the helmet, I'm like, right. The face that you're making right now, the face that you're making right now. It's it's really, it's really the, you know, remember when um, the aliens were coming? I can't remember what movie it was uh, where like all these people, you know, went to the, uh, to the uh, roof of that building, you know, um, yes. They say, hey, the aliens are coming. We're going to greet them. Was it Independence Day and or whatever it was? Vaporized. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, you could either choose to go to the roof of that building to greet that, or you could you know just kind of. But I did. Stay. I and like I said, it was all. And I I called my sister and I told her I'm thinking. And then when I told her this story, she's like, I didn't want to say. Are you that? fucking stupid i was hoping you were gonna come to your senses without me having to intervene but i i'm glad that you did but i did i'm like you know because the little guy has this really cool r2d2 you know bike helmet and as i go to reach for it i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you if you think he needs a fucking helmet why are you doing this (laughs) so um so we're not going to dc next week and then even if i wanted to I can go online and look at Airbnb. Oh, wait, not so fast. Yeah. Did, did you hear that? Out. Yeah, Airbnb's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we're canceling all this shit. 
But you know, at least they also paid the uh, the hosts. Oh, for they those did. That's for, fantastic. Yeah. So at least you know, you know they get they get a small brownie point for that. So you know. I know Joe Biden has to come in and, and be president, and the shitstorm is getting worse every day that he's going to have to tackle. The shitstorm that Clinton had to clean up was pretty bad. The shitstorm that Obama had to clean up was pretty bad. I don't remember in the last 150 years somebody who had to come in and clean up a shitstorm. Well, yeah. I, I think the difference is is that you know the other presidents, you know, and and you could so I actually am personally kind of an HW fan. I actually like George H.W. Bush, even though, you know, he left, he left Clinton with a huge economic mess. But I think the other presidents uh, did what they thought were their thing. And, and obviously there we could talk on and on about the undercurrent of, of how what they were trying to do was evil in nature. So I get it. But putting that aside, there isn't an intentional, willful uh, attempt to sabotage the initial entry for Biden into his presidency that occurred with the other presidents. The other presidents understood that, okay, it's going to be a new regime, and they'll do some of those. You know, they'll do these some of these, you know, last-minute executive orders and last-minute pardons and whatnot. And so every president has done that, but. I think it was really in the spirit of we want to make sure that we can get these last few things in that aligns with our philosophy versus we're going to screw this guy. Right. And I, so I think that's I think that's the kind and, of the, and the fact that difference. even as of today, even just a few days away, that they're still not getting notes on COVID. They're still not getting. But, you know, that that's something else. Do you think let me just ask you real quick before we move on. Yeah. I mean. You you think there's a difference between going after this outgoing administration and letting things go, you know, with Fort, with Nixon and all that stuff, with with Obama turning the page and not going after Dick Cheney and not going after W for what the rest of the world considers war crimes and other things and stuff like that. It's like, hey, we have too much shit to do. Do you what is your thoughts on moving forward? It's I, it's interesting because I think it's this this part of it is really on well what I think should happen going forward is that you know this guy should not be allowed to be president again right so they I know that there are multiple measures and I'm not going to you know go into the different options as much as to say I think it would be in the best interest of this country that this guy cannot run for president ever again right and, and there are several ways to you know get to that point. I think the real question is, you know, where that the Republican Party has a certain you know, fracture right now where they're trying to deal, you know, because you're, you're seeing it, right? You're seeing the kind of the kind of a strange record, but, you know, a, a record support for the impe for impeachment by the president's own party. Right. So you have this certainly a, a bigger uh, fracture than you had seen even with Nixon. And it's funny that ten out of two hundred, right, is is sure. a fracture. Yeah. Is a fracture but like still right? You know now now my numbers say that's about five percent. So so well, it, it, you know, you look, listen, <laughs> but I'm not the mathematician. I'm I'm not listen, the math right. <laughs> listen, a record is a record. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. So so we will yeah. move on a little bit. Let let's let's just 
just for one second, I only want to mention this, not to go out of my way to belabor the point that the GOP is an unmitigated terrorist organization. But finally, it's taken five years. But finally, the governor, the former governor of Michigan, uh, Rick Snyder, I mean, you know, when the World Health Organization stepped in, when the UN had to step in, you know, to the situation going on in Flint, when Canada was airlifting water to Flint at the same time, the go- the former governor, you know, again, lo and behold, a Republican governor saying, yeah, those guys are black. So, um, fuck them. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's taken five years to get here, but that's kind of been a little bit lost in the news. That whole story is just so heartbreakingly tragic because so one of the things that actually happened was that there was, they could have actually prevented this if they actually uh, installed this device, which would have cost them in the, let's say in the hundreds of thousands, like say half a million dollars or something like that. And and that would that that pre uh, filtering and it's not a filtering process, but you know this pre treating process would have done the job to prevent this from happening. And so I I it, it just I just wonder at the thinking of the people who said, yeah, we're you know this is a multi million dollar project, but we're not going to spend a few hundred thousand dollars to not send crud down our pipes. And so part part of what's not clear to me is who knew what and who understood what, because that's the part that blows my mind. So that's part one. Part two is that he's getting slapped with a misdemeanor. You know, it's like, what is that? These, there are people's lives who have been ruined, people's health who have, you know, that just been absolutely ruined. Oh, the children and, who had lead poisoning. And I you mean, don't get over that. What you know, it's a misdemeanor. So sure, I mean, I mean, the guy's political career was already done, and so what's you know what's the misdemeanor going to do? So I I'm hoping that what this means, people can go, can do another round of going after money, right? That so that the people who are hurt are get paid. I mean, there's a small amount that they're getting paid, but I, I think that they deserve more, right? Especially because. They just happen to be in a country where these people can't really, you know, necessarily get health care. So, right. you know, what I really care about is I'm I'm really just because what they're getting in terms of justice is so little. I I just really care a lot more about the victims being helped. I mean, that's really. I, I think mean, if the governor, the former governor, is found guilty, I think that helps everybody in the civil cases. You know, the, so that's what I'm hoping, right? Yeah. But again, kids, kids who were subjected to lead poisoning don't get over it. It always it comes down to so very little money in the grand scheme of things. You know, an extra, you know, half a percent. I'm, I'm thinking about the Family Guy when the Family Guy did the Star Wars episode, and somebody points out to Stewie who's that there's this tiny one in a billion. This is exhaust port that might, you know, and he's like, yeah, maybe we should cover that up. Well, let's get a few estimates first. You know, it's like, you know, it's like let's yeah. shop around. Let's see if we can. You got this planet size, you know, yeah. move and you want to save a couple bucks really quickly biff what are the priorities for the for the biden administration as you see him before i let you go on that yeah you got a two-year window assume you're losing the senate in two years because most of the time you lose a few senate seats it's the way it happens either side midterm elections you usually lose some seats either way so assume 
that you have two years to get done what you want to get done. What are the right. three, four things you have to do? Well, I, I, I think the priority really is really tied to this COVID related stuff, right? So I think there's really there's really two fronts. One of it, one of which is, you know, Biden's already started on in regards to uh, a proposal that he has that $1.9 trillion proposal to pay people more and all that stuff. But it, we really have to get this under control so that, you know, we can really earnestly op- start opening stuff up, right? So that, and I think that's the, it's the tougher, it's a tough one just because of the resistance to some of the measures that's going to be required. But I think this is where it's, it becomes really important for everybody to realize that this not going away is really, really bad for the country. LA is starting to realize it. I mean, uh, I literally watched a Twitter feed from, um, I, I follow the LA County Fire Department because uh, I'm in a fire zone. I, so uh, I just kind of like to see where they're paying attention to like fires that might prop up, but they also uh, tweet stuff regarding uh, other emergency cases. And I literally watched the LA Fire tweet out their their response to an, a car accident where they were being denied ambulance delivery to one hospital. It's actually, it happened right near our old uh, Friday night hockey rink. So there's a Mayo Clinic, literally like less than two miles from where the accident happened. And the Mayo Clinic said, yeah, we don't have capacity. We're refusing. And then apparently there were some negotiations that happened where Mayo Clinic decided that they'll take one and a, a Holy Cross that's a little further down took the other. But it's, we're at a point where LA, you know, County ambulances have to essentially say, hey, we're bringing this guy and this patient and the hospital is saying, uh, no, you're not. So that's where we're at. There, there just has to be a better national response. And the, my fear obviously is, is that the lack of unity in this country is going to keep that from happening. I mean, when they talk about unity, I, I just want to tell them who the hell cares about, you know, whether a guy who's got, you know, four days left on the job loses his job a little early or not. Can we just talk about the fact that we have hospitals overloaded and that can we just all well, the, get behind the know, fact that everybody should wear a freaking mask? Well, that's that's the number one thing. It's I have a friend who comes from Japan who on a regular basis sends me Japanese Twitter feeds showing absolutely, absolutely jam-packed. You can't get one more tiny you know anime you know pokemon figure into the subway you just can't i mean it's it's bulging at the seams but yet yet COVID doesn't seem to be affecting the great city of tokyo the same way it is well, los angeles and yeah, it's all so because of masks that's the thing, yeah i mean it, it's tokyo la about the same population tokyo are in a state of emergency and they're freaking out because I think they've hit like, you know, cases in the thousands uh, per day and versus LA, which recently had a 20,000 case day, but it's one tenth of the, the daily cases and they might get like, you know, one to 10 deaths versus here. We're talking about a death every six minutes in LA, right? You know, it's a different magnitude, but it's all, but uh, it's all mass. There, There is no social distancing. 
in Tokyo. Well, not not only that. I mean, Tokyo is a city driven by public transportation, so everybody takes public transportation. Well, that's you what know, I mean. It, but they're all wearing masks. When you, I mean, right. you'll you'll send these these tweets to us, and it's like, yeah. wow, you can't believe all those people are crammed in there. But you don't see one asshole without a mask, and not one asshole with a mask under their nose. And you know, Biden comes in next week and says. Fuck you, North Dakota. There's a mask order. Fuck you, Arizona. There's a mask yeah. order. But getting them to enforce it. When I, when I say, what would you really like to see Biden do that he won't be able to get done without the Senate and without the House? You know, uh, you can't get rid of the Electoral College. You need two thirds of vote. No, it's going to no. be. I don't know about statehood because it would be great. I mean, I've been a huge proponent of D.C. being a state for a couple yeah. decades now and the fact that this insurgency happens and the mayor doesn't have a national guard yeah. to call up and the mayor is on the phone with the governor the republican governor of maryland who has his national guard at the state border waiting to come in and help on the phone with the governor of virginia of another republican who has his national guard on the border waiting to come in from the other side and it's held up because you need approval from the Department of Defense. And if there was ever a, a, an argument to be made in real time, it's that. My biggest thing that I would like to see him push through or that the Democrats will push through because once you give something, it's very hard to take away. All our Canadian friends will tell you Canada is much more conservative than people think. And if Universal health care didn't exist in Canada and you tried to install it today, it would have the same pushback that we've had with the ACA and, you know, slash yeah, Obamacare. We, 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 have a, we have an FNH friend who is from Canada who just bags on the Canadian health care system. So, yeah. But, but so, no, but, but just you wouldn't be able to get it put in today if it didn't already exist. But it's been there for 50 years. You can't get rid of it. And they found that out, you know, for. What are we talking? We're talking 11 years they've been trying to repeal the blah, blah, blah. My point is the one big thing that I think the Democrats have to say, we're going to jam this through. Fuck you, motherfuckers. A voting rights act. You have to have a new, absolutely vibrant, robust John Lewis voting rights act that federally protects mail-in voting in every state. You have to refund you have to refund, and, and there are so many things you could do with the post office. You should make post office mini banks. Like, there's a big thing about being able to cash checks and stuff. But either way, once if, if mail-in ballots, which the reason they fought so hard because of mail-in ballots, that's probably the number one thing that got Biden elected, and they know that. Mail-in ballots was the number one thing I think that helped him get over the hump. And they know it, which is why they work so hard. You got two years, and once you mandate it, once you get that Voting Rights Act through, once you protect the post office, once you protect in mail-in ballots, it would be near impossible to retract that even if you lose the Senate yeah. in two years. Right. And, I, and I'd also like to see, and not that, I don't know how much they can achieve this, but I'd like to see a little bit more terms of a federal you know mandate on defining the voter because what's happening regionally is that you have like states that require ids and we know that ids create a hurdle for you know people of the lowest income tier and also in, in a lot of these states where it there is a challenge for some people to get you know ids and they don't necessarily need ids for their day-to-day -day because they're living kind of a cash basis life, but they're not able to vote because 
getting to a DMV is bad enough in in any state on any day, but in some of these areas where you don't have the means and and the nearest DMV is miles and miles away, I, there's a lot of um, state regulations now that are mandating these you know IDs and stuff like that, which I'd like to see, you know, if anything. You know, something that's not a social security number that is, you know, maybe a federal voter, you know, ID number or something like that, that does nothing else aside from identifying you as a as a voter, you know, might be something we need. And, you know, obviously that's I don't think that that's something that they can tackle, but eventually I'd like to see that. Well, like I said, you got two years to decide on one or two things that you make a signature thing that will stand the next 50 years and you in in that and that's the only time that well you know it's not going to include it's not going to include j-lo performing at the inauguration so he blew that already well you know, you know and, and i think the nation the nation is worse off for it we're going to move on because going forward i'm really hoping i'm really hoping in a couple weeks to have the political talk minimized and talk about fun stuff and make fun of, you know, different cultures because for, for the last You're three years. You're talking about my people again, aren't you? Well, talk, making fun of different cultures. I, I got, I, I, you always freaking go there. No, well, you know. I, 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 listen, I had the luxury of shitting on the fine Portuguese culture for the last three years under listen. the umbrella. Hey, I'm not racist. My co-host you know, this is, is a, Portuguese. You know, this is a freaking country so, that, 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 that this has this fantasy of this Oreo cream filling. I mean, you, you're mixing, you know, fat with sugar and you're, cre- you're calling it the Oreo filling. And somehow that's a great thing. And then you're going to bag on my people just because we eat dried fish. Yes. Yes, I am. Every chance I get. Um, it's freaking natural. <laughs> so, which is funny because, you know, my management often refers to herself as one of the, the, the those Oreos where, yeah, you know, the vanilla Oreos where, yeah, a little yellow on the outside, but tragically white on the inside. You know? I, so, yeah, that's Twinkies, another one, banana, another yep, one. Yep. And, and the great thing is, it, it is, it is so funny that I'm, Casper the ghost white and my current my current roommate my current uh wife current management is uh of the asian persuasion uh biff on the other hand the yellow fever some at some point biff on the other hand said you know it's like yeah i'm going the complete opposite way i'm going down you know once you go white you go i don't know (laughs) that's the weird stuff right so within our circle of friday night hockey friends right i have we have three other friends that have uh, wives of Japanese descent, plus you, who have a, who have a wife who has a wife of half Korean descent. But the three white dudes with wives of Japanese descent, two of them actually have, like me, legit Japanese nationals as wives. Right, right, right. Like, like you know, right? and, and they're all great stories. It's like know. I am talking to my white friends' wives in Japanese. <laughs> um, so going to move on to some fun stuff as i said i was really hoping that i would continue doing this forevermore with joe and the future is unwritten yet we don't know if i can lure him back to to do this with us but either way joe kind of because i pointed out he put it in writing he used the big boy word perpetuity which i would have had to look up except the fact that i rode to and from f and h for 10 years with john so i know a bunch of big boy legal terms so i i have the right to use his voice in his likeness so to keep to keep 
fanning the flames of a rekindled romance. I think each and every week, and I'm not sure I haven't I haven't locked in on a name yet. You can you can help out here if it's like this week in Joe, you know, or, or Joe's greatest hits. You know, all I know greatest is, hits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, greatest hits. I thought you said greatest tits. Well, no, it. You know, I yeah, I I don't think he's up to a B cup yet. But you know what I mean. He's he's not as old as you and I. Give him time. Give him maybe time. Joe is just gonna. Maybe Joe can give us the you know like a weekly rating of his favorite tits. <laughs> sure, that will go over great with his management. No, but um, what are you talking about? Tits are birds. Do you not know this? No. Oh my God! You what a pervert you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Hey. Admiral can tell you all about tit. Officer, I can send you some BBC video where Admiral is talking about tit. Officer, I was just sticking my dick through this hole in this wall when this sick son of a bitch comes by. <laughs> I see what we've done. No, uh, Joe is going to be part of this. I'm not sure what clip I'm going to play. I actually pulled a few clips the other day. Joe sent me some great clips. I just know that much like you being on the on the podcast right now, I again am the Garfunkel to somebody else's Simon, and I understand that this clip, which I'm everyone sorry, will be, you know, I hate to tell you this, but right now we're Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Wait, well, which is the one with the talent? See, I so so we're Millie Vanilli. Uh, but 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 whatever clip I go with, it will be the highlight of the show, and uh, here it is, voice of Joe from the past, take it away. We, we, we want to go to a defunct sponsor, or do you have a self-indulgent thing you've been planning on surprising me with all week? I have no plans whatsoever. Do you want to improv something or toss something at me quick? Her, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 how, have you ever done a Don Adams versus Don Knotts, like, you know, uh, uh, a rap battle? No. <laughs> Could I, you do a free-form <laughs> rap battle between Don Knotts and Don Adams? Uh and go. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I walk a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance to the speaker that booms. I'll poison your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight, you better hit bullseye, or the kid won't play. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the beat while my DJ revolves it. Do 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 do. I don't know. Is that I, it? I I literally. This is the last podcast because you just Yay! touched the sun. You I, just touched the sun. I did it. I ended the podcast with Honestly, my talent. Uh, yes. And <laughs> who who had that on the Vegas board? Like who took that prop bet? Let me see. No one. It was never going to happen to one with the odds laid down in Vegas. I literally. I don't know why. The other day I was thinking because. A little while ago when we were talking, I, I conflated Don Knotts with Don Adams. And so what made me just say that? I don't know what scared me more, the fact that you could do it on, on the spot or that you know the words too. <laughs> I'm white. I'm 42. I'm American. I'm a dork. See, what I told you, the highlight of the show always will be will be Joe's uh, 
docile tones. You know, when it, this when it comes down to it, like Joe is really the only trained professional in the group, right? So true. You know, professional, funny, good looking. Um, so this week in sport, and it's to be decided. Oh my god, the NHL season started. What it I'm did? Sorry. Was I that didn't know that. No, shut the hell up! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my Patriots didn't make the playoffs. I'm so sad. You oh, know what? My... Until the Bruins get in the playoffs. My Patriots did not make the playoffs, but but they also did not accept a presidential medal of honor this week. So I will take if if I was given the choice, the Patriots make the playoffs. Bill Belichick takes the medal of honor. I would. Happily not make the playoffs. No, I was going to say if you, you know what here here's the bottom here's the bottom line. You and I are so my, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and you and I are in a similar arena. And I really beseech all Pittsburgh and New England fans to take take this up. You know what? If your season doesn't it sucks, so be it. You have a bunch of Super Bowls that you know. Oh, I'm you know, good for that. I'm, I'm good for life. In. Like you if know, if they never win again, right? And that. So I want all of both of our fandoms, and even those 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 Cowboys fans, because I think they have like five, and the 49ers fans, and because they have like five. Yep. All of every, all of those people, just you know what? Everybody, just calm the heck down. You had your fill of the you know Super Bowls. Look, I was you know, serious. If, if it's a bad year, it's a bad year. When when I had said. If he takes a medal, I'm done. And the same way I lived my, yeah. my, listen, my love for the Why? Patriots, my love for the Patriots was matched for my love for the Red Sox my whole life. I, I, may, maybe even more so, maybe more so in the eighties and stuff like that. I was the hugest Red Sox fan. I never thought I'd see them win the world series. I saw them win three world series before I was done with them. When, when, when I think they crossed a line that I couldn't forgive X, Y, and C anymore. I'm happy. I'm set for life. I never thought I'd get one World Series. As far as the Patriots go, oh, yeah. but what about all those people that lived in that 86 year span where they were born? That's they, my grandfather. Born and died in that 86 years. Yep, that sucks. Yep, no, it really did. But yeah. but the same thing. Look, I'm always going to be a Patriot fan. I will say this season has been so much more relaxing because I didn't have the anxiety. I just, I could be a casual fan. I had no expectations, uh, which they lived up to. At one point, week 10, week 11, had they won that game, they had a weaker schedule. They could have won, got a little help. And and when they lost that game, and I forget who blew them out, I was like, I have the month of December to enjoy Christmas and other things and movies and not believe. But, but that said, I wanted to move on to talk about hockey. If you want to, when we're done recording this, I'm happy to do a quick, you know, sideshow for those who forget what sideshows are. They're micro targeted one topic thing. I mean, do we read? People don't need to hear about my hockey predictions. Yes. Yes, they do. No, yes, no, they I do. mean, they don't need an entire sideshow. No, like, no, no. T- sideshows can be 15, 20 minutes. They don't have yeah. to be, you know, that big. Uh, you know, we no, can also I, mix in, you know, your top five NHL guys that you've had shoot against you and who was the scariest one. Don't don't answer it now. You know, no, 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 no. maybe we'll save that. You know what? I, I, I actually, so I'm sorry I didn't, you know, uh, tell you about this earlier, but I thought I will do a set of weekly NHL predictions as predicted by Diane Chambers. <laughs> okay. So, and so we go kind of deep into the Cheers catalog. And so when we talk about Cheers, we're talking about 
Yeah, we're old. Shut the hell up. Is Cheers even running on syndication right now? Uh, I don't as a as a loyal listener, you will know. Last year, uh, Joe took great pride in getting through the entire catalog. Okay, so this is super. So Joe hopefully remembers that one episode where they're talking about football predictions, and Diane is essentially picking winners based on the you know the team's names. So, like, obviously, a bear is always going to beat a dolphin. So, I'm going to pick five games from this week and pick them strictly based on Diane Chamber standards. And next week, I'm going to see how many I get right. What do you got? Okay. So, first of all, January 18th, we're going to start with, you know, Monday's games. Buffalo at Philadelphia. So, we're talking about the Sabres and the Flyers. And already, I have a pretty tough matchup because I don't know how to match a Sabres Saber against a flyer. But I'm going to say that the saber is a cutlery. You know, it's something that, you know, that kind of. Like, like a Ginsu knife. Right, right. Or, and a flyer or, or is a ninja too. Or a ninja sword. Right. right. So I'm going to, you know, and, and a flyer is some dude flying, is my guess. Even better if it's one of those flyers that you post on a. On Looking a for a base player. Post. Right. You know, that thing's not, not going to be anybody. So. I'm going to, at this point, pick Buffalo over Philadelphia on the 18th, on Monday. On Tuesday, we've got Chicago Blackhawks, which is a name that should be changed, but that's a different discussion, at Florida Panthers. This is another tricky one because we're talking to Blackhawks, which to me implies multiple Blackhawks. But then you have Panthers. So if you have a group of Blackhawks versus a Pride, is that what you call a Panthers? I ha- I'd have to believe they're going to put my money on the Panthers. So I'm going to pick Florida over uh, Chicago on that one. And if you merge the two of them together and it's Black Panthers, then right. you got Wakanda forever. Right, right. Now the next one is the Coyotes versus uh arizona coyotes versus the uh las vegas golden knights on wednesday you know inauguration night here it's coyotes are not as scary as panthers they're you know they're they're kind of like big dogs but not that big and those vegas knights all have armor plus they have the sword so at this point i think i have to pick vegas and then we have the tampa bay lightning versus columbus blue jackets so Okay, so the Blue Jackets are supposedly these kind of these warrior guys, but they're also freaking bugs. We all know that lightning is scary as, you know, all heck. So, obviously, it's going to be the lightning over the, uh, over, the, over the Blue Jackets. So, I'm taking the lightning. And then, next one is Edmonton at Toronto. The Edmonton Oilers at Toronto Maple Leafs. And we all know, if there's anything that is a pushover, is a piece of leaf. What can a piece of leaf possibly be? I can't... If I ask you... If I was going to have a battle with a maple leaf, what could the maple leaf, you know, defeat? I get get your hands really sticky so you, 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 you know, you wouldn't be able to pick stuff up. Uh, or you would, but then I you mean, wouldn't be able to get no, it off. No. I mean, I cannot. I mean, maybe he has a chance against a rosemary bush. I don't know. So, obviously, Edmonton. What, what if rosemary be. shaved? Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So let so me I'm ask you. Pick- let me ask you this before your prediction: yeah. What do the Leafs? What do the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Titanic have in common? Are you talking about they're both great before they hit the ice? Is that the, is that the joke? Have I heard that joke before? Yes, you have. You have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for the record, I am a Leafs fan. So sorry. I am a Leafs fan. Yeah, so we heard you. We heard you. Yeah. All right. So yeah. who are you picking? I'm picking the Oilers, of okay. course. All right. I will say, spoiler alert: I I don't think that there is actually. A team based on the Diane Chambers criteria that the Leafs will win this year. Period. I, I I have a feeling that 
at least we'll lose every game this period. Game Were you the I one who it. made up the the Toronto Maple Leaf undefeated season jerseys shirts and brought them to hockey? Some, I did not do that. Someone, do you have your shirt? Was no, it was I it did Al? Not have it. No, it was not. It's somebody else. Yeah, somebody else had it. But yeah, somebody listen, walked in and gave us all Leaf undefeated season listen, shirts. I am not. I am not that stupid Leaf fan. So, so you know I what? Am a, a, we are. I think we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do a sideshow. We'll make it quick, only because I don't want this to be a two-hour podcast. I do want to make sure that we and we'll talk a right. little bit about the season and and about Willie O'Ree, you know, who finally. Absolutely. Finally, finally, finally should have had his number retired by the Bruins. Should yep. have had some kind. I mean, it, it took 40 well, yeah, years, we, we 50 could, years to get we, into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah we could expand on all of that. And, uh, and you know, I, I actually do have a Willie O'Ree story also. So we could expand on that also. And uh, so so we will do. So tune in this Thursday. There will be a sideshow that will be mostly Biff, um, which is which will make everybody happy. Do you, uh, just cause I, cause I only have the same format that we already did. And this is usually where Joe really drives the ship. Uh, you got any video game tips or news or stories there that you like to, Oh, I, I got one and I just thought about this, but it crosses over into your homeland. Uh, Nintendo land has just been pushed back. The opening was supposed to be yes. in a couple yeah. weeks. And, and because of COVID, they don't know when they're going. Mike, it's funny because I've always wanted to go to Tokyo. I've talked for years about like, go, I would want to go with somebody like Biff or our friend Scotty, you know, and his wife. It's nice to go to a city and see all the touristy stuff that everybody can see, but it's also nice when people come to Boston. My friend, our friend Ross, when he used to live in Boston, my mom is great about, okay, these are the things on the tour guide that you got to see are great, but this is where you have to go for Italian food. This is a really thing that doesn't make the, so I would want to go and do that. But my sons, ever since hearing about Nintendo Land, are dying to go. So we actually did. We, we with some of the Christmas money, we went to the bank, started accounts. It's like, okay, if you really want to go on this trip, let's plan for you know 18 months two years from now hopefully the world's right by then i know biff goes back every couple years but maybe we all go to nintendo land but what are you hearing about it being pushed back and and what are people on the ground there saying yeah so it's it's interesting you know part it's so we're going to go into that kind of sad you know covid led also but there is a little bit of so even though japan's numbers have looked really good compared to the u.s Japan is measuring themselves against the rest of East Asia and the rest of, in comparison to the rest of East, East Asia, Japan is a shit show. So in that sense, uh, and it's a problem because uh, there's two things that's going, kind of going on. Number one is that the government has a limited powers and you know, constitutionally in terms of what they can impose on things like businesses and stuff like that. Like they can't necessarily mandate businesses to close and stuff like that. They can only ask. That's the difference. Yeah, apparently um, they went they went to some war, and that out, the outcome over the war was kind of bad. And some other country apparently told them that they have to rewrite their constitution, and that constitution that they rewrote kind of makes the government not that powerful anymore. So I don't know what happened there. It was before I was born, but anyway, uh, there was some some shit that happened a long time ago. But bottom line is is that so what they're they're literally doing is that they're ask businesses to do certain things and then in some cases depending on the nature of their request they may reimburse them a certain nominal amount for doing things like closing early or limiting you know capacity and stuff like that right and then the the only thing that they have is that japan is a country that is very conscientious of 
reputation and what other people think of you. So if you're seen as business or a person who's not really you know, doing what for the greater good, then they're, they kind of get shunned. So businesses don't, don't want to be blackballed. So that's the only thing that they have going for them. But there's a lot of frustration regarding that. And the other thing is, is and Japan clearly wants to make 2021 Summer Olympics happen. And right now, a majority of the Japanese are against the 2021 Olympics happening based on their current state. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think just based on constitutionally what can happen, I think that Japan is going to go into a state of lockdown that is effectively a voluntary lockdown. The difference is that unlike this country, even though it's considered to be voluntary, I think a lot of people and businesses will comply to make sure that they can get rid of this. So I think that I think that it'll probably be okay by this time next year, largely because Japan is so motivated to have the Olympics happen. And when when are you planning on when do you think your next trip to the homeland will be? And I mean, you know, Japan, not not you know, Canada. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's gonna be uh, spring of twenty twenty two is my guess. And and would Nintendo Land be on your uh your your agenda? Hell no. I'm not. I'm not a twelve-year-old, John. You know, it's it's not just for twelve-year-olds. I don't even go to Disneyland. <laughs> I don't even like Disneyland. Why would I go across the freaking ocean to go to an amusement park when I don't like the amusement park that I could drive to? Because this is Mario, and it's not a mouse. All right. It's an amusement park. You can do the Mario Kart too, though. You know um, the Mario Kart. You know about the Mario Kart in Tokyo? No. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? So you could you dress up as one of the Mario's and you drive these little like whatever carts through the streets of Tokyo. Really? How, did you how do you how, I, I I can't believe that I didn't tell you about this. No. This has been existing for a while now. This has been so like like, like like in some in, in some cities where you can like rent a moped and you or you can rent a yeah, um, it, it, uh, a bike. This, yeah, this yeah, this group thing where they go through this this, this group goes through this you know, kind of a preset, you know, route through Tokyo. Well, um, I'm not sure why we're not through now. <laughs> I, re- I really am. Uh, you're a big Jeopardy guy. Have you, uh, have you watched this week? Well, first of all, what were your, did you okay, watch? First of all, just because I'm a nerd, don't, I am not a big Jeopardy guy. Do you watch I, Jeopardy on a regular basis? I do not. Oh, okay. But, I, I, but you know what, you know what is funny? And this kind of goes along the uh, the wheelhouse of our, our friend Joe is that I actually am a regular viewer of the Buzzer Channel. And the funny thing is, is that one of the uh, the regular programming on a daily basis is Classic Concentration, hosted by Alex Trebek. And my son walks in and says, "Oh my God, that's Alex Trebek! Why does he have a mustache?" And I'm like, "It was a like a 20 minute explanation of the whole history." I will see if I can find this for you while we're talking about the great Alex Trebek. Uh, about a week ago management and i are going through and i don't know what you call it like the dvd art you know what i mean to clean right. it up yeah right the tivo ish thing right right and there's like a hot you know a, a hockey night thing and she goes oh do right. you need this i said yes yes i taped that for you and the look she gave me is like okay and so i play it for her where they were playing 
uh, I want to say it was 1968 Stanley Cup recap, like almost like a newsreel type right. thing. Right, right, right. Yep. That Alex Trebek was the voice of. <laughs> like, like that was one of his first jobs was doing these recap. And honestly, it was it was kind of a newsreel at a movie theater type thing. And he was breaking down a New York Rangers, you know, Chicago series. And the voice was a younger voice, but it's unmistakably Alex yep. Trebek. And I don't say anything to her. I'm like, it's like oh, I, re- I recorded this for you. And it took about 10, 12 seconds. And you can see the, why am I watching this? Hey, wait, why? Uh, is that? Wait, is that Alex Trebek? And I'm like, it is. And then it comes out of the clip and the guys who are like, you know, talking about, yeah, for a long time, he was part of the CBC broadcast of Hockey Night in Canada. And he did these, you know, these, and then it showed a couple other clips that he had done along the way. So, um, no, I wasn't sure if it, it, you know, where you stood on that, but I will, uh, you know, as you know, we usually wrap it up with some parenting advice. I will say I've known Biff before he had a son and uh you know just like joe you're 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 old well your son and joe's oldest are about the same age um you guys have both done tremendous jobs and i will say i think one of my favorite moments with biff and when i was running down the stuff we did i can't believe i left out we've driven to vegas a number of times we've driven to phoenix a number of times i've stayed at your house dozens of times when you know when i come back to visit over like the last five years we met up in in washington for the football game but i think the greatest tweet we ever have taken was Biff. The greatest trip we've ever taken was ever. Are you talking about aside from the Arizona one? Yeah. What like, is the greatest trip you and I have ever taken together? Singly. And when I say, if I have to say it, you're going to be like, Oh my fucking God, I'm as dumb as my wife says. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's the only trip we've taken that your son was with us. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the one, the trip when the, um, um, you know, he was listening to like Eminem the whole time. You talking about that one? No, I'm talking about we went to fucking Vancouver for the Winter Olympics in 2010. Oh, you talking about the 2010 Olympics? And, and well, we, so, was, he took the trip, to, you know, to Arizona. Also. No, yeah, no, but yeah, but we absolutely. we weren't in the car together, which was out there. And and I right, mean, right, right. and I remember. Right. And I bring this up and we'll do a sideshow on that trip because it was, I've got to go around the world. Biff has got to go around the world. Dude, was was the highlight of the trip, you know, being in that 15 round shootout between the Czech Republic and and Russia? That, oh, the the Slovak, yeah. Or, or was the highlight of the trip our accommodations? How awesome was that boat? I mean, that was pretty odd. But anyways, uh, it, w- it, it was it was awesome. But yeah, so, so that's I guess you want to so, do another side show on that. Yeah, I do. But but we're you know, we're wrapping the show. We always wrap with a parenting tip. And mine are awesome. Like, you know, pressure points don't leave bruises. And so I want I bring up this specifically that trip specifically, because at that point, I've known Biff for 12, 15 years. We have play together in playoff games. We played against each other in playoff games. I think by that point we saw a guy die together or was it? No, that was after that was no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had had already buried a close friend who died. And I, I knew you and you're always smart and funny and and just one of the, one of the best people on planet. And it was so great. You brought, 
you brought your son and I got so many great stories about him. And I tell one specific story about him. That's awesome. Where we're checking out of a store and he is just mesmerized. He's been there for two or three days at this point, And he is just mesmerized how polite everybody is. And I remember him asking, yeah, yeah. is everybody here this nice? And before you say anything, I'm like, well, first of all, yes. Second of all, where you come from, everybody's an a-hole. And so by default, they seem even nicer than they are. And the cashier looks at you and you're like, he's right. <laughs> you know. But I bring this up because you bring your kid with you. Yep. He had a great time. Yep. But at one point, he had pushed off doing homework. And he pushed off doing homework. And finally, this was the first time I like, oh, Biff's a dad. And I had never, I, I, I have seen people on the ice, you know, cross check you, take your feet out, shoot after the whistle. You know, I've seen people in a locker room be like, you know, just really horrific towards your, your, your ethnicity, mostly me. And I've never seen like that. And then when I saw that, I'm like, it was one of those moments I was, it was, it was, I don't know, 1982, I'm at my friend Sully's house and his mom's yelling at him. And it's like, and, and you're not getting yelled at, but you're there and you can't go and it's awkward. And I just remember, it's like, well, I, I hope I have my homework done. <laughs> it's like, you know, and it, and it, and it literally. Well, did you freaking have homework? I, you know, I, I'm going to say yes. And I got it done because I don't want to see that. No, but yeah. that, that said, just, just like, you know, the, the common thread through, through most of the friends I have of our age, I've learned so much from like, you know, people who had kids before me. Uh, you know, like Taylor and like, you know, Al, but, but you and Joe and I kind of got a letter, later start. So I'm not going to have a parenting tip this week. I'm turning it over to you. Biff, what is your parenting yeah. tip of the week? I would say, I, I will say that it's never too early to start talking with your child about, you know, what happens in the world. And my son is 21 now. And we're at a point where I, I don't know if I get any credit for this or if he kind of went through it on his own, but I recently got a lecture from my son about how the Federalist, you know, strategies rooted in Nixon and Reagan is creating all of the, you know, the anti-POC, you know, legislation, sentiment, every, all of these combined phenomenon is a product of something that's, you know, 50 years in the making. So I got this lecture from my 21-year-old child. So I will say, you know what? Go ahead and start early with, you know, talking to your child about, you know, what happens in the world. Because, you know, a lot of the time, you know, they may end up teaching you a few things. And if you're not careful, you just might learn something. Uh, That's right. The Biff, congratulations on, this is not your first podcast. You were on two years ago today, but officially, you know, co-hosting with this. So I, I, I hope I was gentle while, popping your co-hosting cherry again the 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 future is not written yet so it, it's un it's unknown you know what joe's future with carnival personnel this is he's he birthed this i held his hand while he pushed this out and i won't say of what orifice i will just say um this is his baby and i will not you, know, you had a good metaphor for a while and then you had to go i, like, I had explicit. to explicit you didn't did. really have to I go there you could have you could have just been you know symbolic have you, you know, ever seen me 
Biff, how many times have you seen me, you know, honestly, have you pulled the car over because I see a dead horse on the side of the road? And I'm like, I'm going to go beat the fuck out of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a few still, times, I mean, you know, so, so thank you, Biff. I, I look forward to this. If you have any closing thoughts, let me know. No. See, cause this is where I'm supposed to not say anything and just let you kind of ramble. And then you finally say, you know what, you know, you know. Uh, happy inauguration, everybody. Really, happy inauguration. But more importantly, don't forget. Dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs>